Hello, welcome, and would you look at this mess? I'm your host, Kate, and the purpose of this podcast is to trace, explore, and celebrate the unconventionality that lives within all of us. Hey, hi, welcome back, come on in. I have a little bit of explaining to do. <laughs> um, I recorded an episode a few weeks ago for last week because I knew that my schedule was going to get busy. And I finished it, and then I listened to it again before I posted it, and I was like, hmm, I actually don't really like the way that this turned out for various reasons. And so I kind of thought, okay, no biggie. I'll re-record something later. It might come out late on Monday, but it'll be out. And then um, we were just away for the weekend. And then I kind of thought, okay, well, I'll record it on Tuesday. I thought to myself, if I can get it recorded by Tuesday or Wednesday and posted, then it's not that late and it's okay. Uh, And Monday evening, I got an email from our field director for the week And the email was like, hey, just so you all know, this wasn't included before in your deployment, but we're going to be working extra hours every day this week. And then it was like, oh, no, there's no way I'm going to be able to record something because I was really just like getting up, going to work immediately. And then I'd get home just in time to pick up the kids and working the extra hours out in the heat and stuff. It absolutely clobbered me physically. So I was just like a, you know, a bag of, of fleshy mush by the time 5.30 rolled around. So anyway, by Wednesday evening, I thought to myself, you know, this is just not going to happen. It's just going to be a, a dead week, a week where I didn't get anything posted. So here we are. <laughs> um, and I will probably record, re-record that episode at some point, but I'm just kind of sitting on it a little bit because... There's just something about it that I'm unsure I'm uh, about it. I'm kind of trying to explain something uh, related to sort of the ADHD stuff that I've talked about before and like my career and stuff. Uh, but yeah, the way that it came out the first time, I just decided it didn't. I didn't quite hit it on on nail it on that episode. So anyway, I will come back to it at some point. But I wanted today to talk about something that's been really important in my life. Uh, the last couple of weeks. And um, I've talked to a couple of other parents who have been experiencing similar things. And so I thought, okay, I better talk about this because this is probably people are going through this and um, maybe this might be useful. I don't know. So we're going to think of this like a, as a pep talk uh, for myself and for you, if you're a parent. So, uh, so okay. Emmeline is almost six and Bobby is almost four. And both of our kids, when they turned uh, three, they went through a pretty extended rough patch. Um, Emmeline, we chalked it up to her her brother. Bobby was turning one. And so he was really getting around and, and asserting himself as a person at that time. So we thought, okay, it's probably just, you know, a, a reflection of that. Um, Bobby, I, I think we, we chalked that up to the fact that boys apparently get, um, a pretty hefty dose of testosterone around that age. And so that can cause them to have some disruptions and stuff. So that's kind of what we've, we've sort of figured. And, um, so now, so Bobby's entering 
age four, and his his three-year-old stuff is sometimes not so problematic. Some days it's he's like a total, you know, wiener. <laughs> but um, but it's getting better, basically, is what I'm saying. And Emmeline is entering at age six, and suddenly, a couple of weeks ago, like maybe within the last two weeks, she has just turned a corner somehow emotionally and she's just so angry a lot of the time um very minor things or things that were before minor are now pretty strong triggers for her and there's a lot of um like normally she's she's always been kind of compliant so you know if we say to her um Oh, like, for example, tonight, um, we were eating dinner outside. We had had, um, like hot dogs and sausages on the barbecue. So we had them, we ate them outside and she's a pretty messy eater (laughs) at the best of times. So she's like lathered them in ketchup and then she's like, it's all over her hands and she's like licking it off and Nick and I are going like, please stop licking it off your hands. Just go into the kitchen and wash them and, you know, get get soap on there and stuff and Nick said to her like don't touch anything when you go in the house just go into the house and wash them immediately and so first she was just like refusing to stop licking her hands um and then when she was going in the house she very sort of with emphasis was sure to touch the window and touch the table and like you know do all of these things that were the direct opposite of what she was told which again historically she's pretty compliant so if we would have said to her a little while ago go wash your hands please and just don't lick your fingers like that um she would just have basically done it she might have been like but she would just do it right and if you said to her don't touch anything on your way in she would have just listened so there is this this pushback happening now which it's kind of thrown me for a loop because I'm so not used to this with her um I'm used to it with like the three-year-old because that's developmentally kind of where they are but to be almost six and hitting this stage and then you know being kind of ragey at times um it's really thrown me off and I know I've talked before on the podcast about my approach to parenting being sort of um, more on the gentle side, and I'm definitely myself trying to disrupt a little bit of um, the parenting that I was given. So, you know, as we um, go through our lives, we pick up from our parents um, things that we may take with us into our, our own parenting journeys. And so for me, there's a lot of effort and work that's been, that's gone into disrupting that and not being like my mom was because Emmeline is just like me. She's a virtual carbon copy of me, both physically and mentally and in spirit and all of the ways. So in that sense, I can really relate to her and I can really empathize with how she sees things and how she feels about a lot of things. Um, but what happens is I have instincts to react in certain ways, in certain situations, and I'm trying to disrupt that and trying to cut that off and react in a way that I know I would have wanted my mom to react when I was a kid right, to validate me. And I think just generally generally speaking, we know now that this is a sort of a more um, 
emotionally intelligent and uh, a relationship building approach versus just being sort of punitive and authoritative and that sort of thing. So I, throughout my kids' lives, have been practicing this. And Janet Lansbury, as I've mentioned in the past, um, she uses the the Rye method and she has her own podcast and all kinds of resources and books and things that she uses um, to help parents navigate these, these processes uh, with their children. But Janet's work focuses primarily on younger children. And obviously, Emmelyn is quite a bit older at this stage. And so it's, I'm finding there's a bit of a gap for myself on knowing how to react and what the best way to respond is. And so I, I really just want to be honest and say, like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm really trying to figure it out as we go here, because again, it kind of caught me off guard. And I was like, oh, uh, oh, wow, I'm gonna have to like, figure this out. I'm gonna have to figure out how to talk to her. And interact with her in this way because she's never really been an angry kid and she's not I don't know it's it's hard to explain like she's not always angry but again things set her off that normally I wouldn't have expected so then suddenly I'm, I have like a very angry child on my hands and she's she she gets this look in her eye where she like her eyes become heat seekers for fragile things or things that are vulnerable and so she'll try to grab something and break it or, you know, rip something apart or whatever, right? Because she just has all of this obvious rage inside of her. And so one of the things that I have tried to make part of my mantra as we go through this is to see her as experiencing something, to see and recognize that there's something going on within her and to try to, um, you know, trying to identify what it is that's going on is a bit challenging and it, and I don't know what the utility of that is necessarily but just to to again just see her as going through something um because I think a lot of times as parents we end up just being very reactive we end up being a bit shaming on our kids right because we say things like why are you acting like this or you know stop doing that and um, you shouldn't be acting this way you're a big kid and blah 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 you know like that kind of language tends to sometimes just pop out of our mouths um, and we don't necessarily realize what we're saying I'm very conscious of this stuff and I try my best not to say things like that, but I have been noticing that I'm falling into those traps more often of, of being super reactive, especially, again, because it's uh, her emotion goes from zero to 60 in like, you know, no seconds flat. So it throws me immediately and it is taking me a lot of time now to, uh, to be uh, conscious of the fact that these outbursts can happen at any time and to be prepared for it to happen and be able to sort of take that blast without reverberating it back to her, right? Because that is, I often, I find often, even when I hear parents, um, you know, dealing with their children in public, this is when I often see this happen is that parents are very reactive and they're very punitive and they're, they're unkind to their children. And that to me feels so awful <laughs> not to be judgmental towards people because again, I've been doing this. I've noticed myself going there because in the moment, 
you know, you you are trying to make it stop or you're trying to just get a handle on the situation. And we have these parenting, parenting instincts that we've been given. Um, that's our, our toolkit. And if we're not being really consciously, actively trying to um, sort of to, to reroute ourselves, to create new tools, uh, then we can fall into those traps pretty, pretty easily. And so I guess what I'm saying is, from my situation in the past, I've sort of known how, like, I've had, I felt like I've had a bit of a clearer roadmap of how to navigate this stuff that's going on, um, you know, with hitting and that kind of stuff. Uh, but this is a little different. And so I feel like I'm, yeah, like to, to keep up the map analogy as if, like, if you're on Google Maps and then suddenly everything goes blurry and you're like, oh, I don't know where I am anymore. <laughs> and I don't know how to get to where I'm going. Um, so because I know that there's like a destination that I want to get to, which is a gentle, validating parenting response. But the the tools of actually arriving at that destination, that the mapping, that the roads there are unclear. <laughs> and I'm just trying to figure it out. So, and so I, I, like I said, I've, I've sort of talked to a couple of other parents who their kids are experiencing this too. And, uh, both other people that I've talked to about this have said, oh, I'm so glad that you said that because I was, I totally was blaming myself. I thought it was my fault that this was happening with my child. And I will say the one parent I talked to, the mom, um, both of them are moms actually, uh, they have had a baby recently and her older son is around Emily's age, maybe like a little bit younger. Um, and I do know that sometimes having introducing new children, new babies into the home um, can be uh, disruptive and a little bit uh, um, difficult for children. So I was like, yeah, there, it's possible that that's part of why he's, he's experiencing this same sort of thing. Um, and the other one was just like, yeah, she's like, oh, and her son, this other other woman's son is uh, a little bit older, like a few months older than Emily. So again, very close in age. And she said that she's been seeing the same thing happen with him. And um, yeah, and I said, like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's us. <laughs> I don't think there's really much more to it than it's just a developmental thing. They suddenly know that they can push back and that there's not a whole lot that can be done about that because none of us, I know, none of the three of us are willing to like, hit our kids or, you know, do the things that our parents would have done if we did that, right? You talk back, well, I'm going to smack you. That was just how it was. Um, or, you know, shame you or something, right? Or, or be super punitive and take some privilege away. And that is something that I have been doing. And I would, I'm really trying to figure out if there's a different way to do this, because essentially that's what it's come down to is like, something goes wrong and I warn I give the warning and then I say, okay, well, if you can't stop, then I'm going to have to X, Y, Z. And, and to an extent, I want my kids to know that they can express themselves, that they can, you know, um, let those feelings out, but it has to be channeled in a productive and non-destructive way. And so usually if that there's that sort of consequence, it's because there's something destructive or disruptive happening that I can't allow continue. So, I, I lean on the, well, you're going to lose your whatever if your TV time, mostly it's, it's like screen time or something like that, um, if they're going to lose a privilege. But I don't like that necessarily. I don't like that response. So I'm trying to like find another way um, to, to get through to her. And so one of the things that I also did 
was uh, I sat her down at a point in time when she was in a good mood. I said to her, can you come over here and let's just like have a sit together and we'll have a chat. And so I said to her, you know, you seem like you've been kind of upset lately and like there's some stuff going on. Do you want to talk about it? Do you know what's going on? Can you tell me how you feel? And she kind of expressed some of the stuff. That's when she said that to me that she she is angry a lot of the time. And I was like, okay, that's fair. Do you do you know why you're angry? Like, can you tell me any more about that? And so we had a conversation about it. Um, and one of the things that came up specifically, um, which I can see now a little bit about, about this happening, um, when we were on holiday, the one that I was saying where we, <laughs> I couldn't record an episode, um, when we were on holiday, she would have a hard time going to bed and she knew that myself and Nick and I, we were staying with my mom. So the three of us would be staying up in the evening to like have snacks and watch a movie or something or watch TV. And she felt really left out and she felt it was not fair that she had to go to bed. And I said to her, you know, I know exactly how you feel. I can remember when I was a kid feeling the same way. And so she had a very difficult time going to bed at least one of the nights. And I think a couple of nights she just, she struggled with it. And the one night she was screaming and just so angry because I just said to her, like, you can't be up right now. You need to go to bed and get rest. Um, anyway, so then when I was talking to her a few days later and I said to her, you know, I've noticed this bit of a pattern and blah, blah, blah. One of the things that came up specifically was that she hates or she didn't like that she has to go to bed at night. And I said to her, yeah, you know, I get that. I can see that that's a thing for you. And I said to her, okay, so what we can do is on Friday night, you can stay up a little late because you don't have to go to school or whatever the next day. It's Saturday, so you can sleep in. Um, and so that's what we'll do. I said, you've got to go to bed on time when you are put into bed all the other nights of the week. But on Friday nights, you can stay up with daddy and I for a little bit later after after your bedtime. And that can be our compromise so that you can get that experience that you obviously really want. And it can work in a way that it's not going to be disruptive to yourself and us. Um, and she, she thought that was a good idea. So... <laughs> Incidentally, um, we put the Canada-Sweden uh, Olympic women's gold medal game on the TV for us all to watch on Friday evening. It had already it was a replay, but Nick really wanted to watch it, um, and he wanted Emily to watch it because she's been playing soccer this year and she's quite into it. So he wanted her to see some like really badass ladies play soccer, um, and so we put it on. And she fell asleep during the game. So she ended up not staying up late anyway. And I never said anything to her about it later. I was like, I'm not even going to point it out because then I'm just going to create more problems for myself. But like, I would have let her stay up if she hadn't fallen asleep. So, and, and actually it's very rare that that happens. She almost never falls asleep. Like I can't even think of another time that she's fallen asleep, not in bed, except for when she's been sick and she wasn't sick. I think she was just tired. Um, anyway, so next week we will make sure that we, we let her stay up and, and, you know, I said to her, like, we can play a game or we can do something together if you want. That's fine. And like, I'm, I'm happy to have that time even just to bond together by ourselves. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll do that next week. The other thing that I was thinking too, about what might be kind of causing some of this stuff is that we've been definitely having, um, a lot more later nights. 
in the last two months or even like six weeks. Um, we've been doing more things that are keeping us out of the house later. Um, like soccer, if for example, soccer is they have the, their games back to back. So Bobby's goes on at like 10 to six and then Emlyn's playing at seven till eight. So normally bedtime is like seven to seven thirty for Bobby and then like eight, eight thirty for Emlyn. So we're not getting home often until, I don't know, eight thirty, nine o'clock. So they're going to bed later because of that. Uh, Bobby doesn't seem as impacted by it. But Emmeline, that might be part of why that this is all happening. Because again, there's that. We were away for the week, uh, the weekend a couple weeks ago. So uh, they were going to bed later just as a result of being on holiday. And there's just been other, a few other things. A couple, we've been to a couple of birthday parties for their friends recently. And um, our friends who are the parents, uh, we're all kind of like, we enjoy our imbibing while we um, while our kids play, and they play so well for so long, and it's just so nice. So we end up staying in the, the couple times we've gone to a couple birthday parties, we've stayed out quite late in those uh, cases as well. So things like that, we could probably you know try to reel things in a bit more and get them to bed at a better time. But I feel like this happens a lot of times in summer, summertime especially now given everything that's going on. Um, it's it's just harder to maintain that same schedule as we always have. And especially because now our kids are at the ages where they will sleep in if they go to bed a little bit later. Whereas when they were really little, that was just, you just couldn't do it. They, they always would wake up earlier if you put them to bed later. And so it was not a thing we could do. Now I feel like it's, it, they kind of make up for that. They make up that sleep by sleeping in the next day. And so then the last thing that I was thinking about as being um, a possible trigger for all of us too. And this could explain why these different kids um, are going through these these things is, is just the, the fatigue of living through a pandemic, right? We've been going through this for so long and it does feel like things are kind of going back to normal. It feels like things are kind of okay, but it's not really like, you know, there's still a lot of conversation about this stuff. The kids are still having to accommodate um, the fact that they're, you know, they're wearing masks and there's only certain things that they can do. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it is still ever present. And, and so, you know, like my kids will ask me about, can we do this or can we, can we do this? Or why can't something happen this way? And it was always just because of Corona, like it's coronavirus. And so it's still there. Um, so they're probably also just as fatigued as many of us are, right? Kids aren't impervious to this either. And so to me, it feels like maybe that's part of it is that they're just really tired of not being in control of, of their lives, not being able to be lived to their fullest and that kind of stuff. So, so that's kind of the other thing that I was like, hmm, because I know I'm feeling really tired with all of it. Um, it's, it's definitely very exhausting. And this is also part of why, like, you know, when I was thinking about recording episodes and stuff for the podcast and a couple of times I was like, oh my gosh, I just don't have the energy right now. <laughs> like, So, you know, you might notice like my previous episodes have been a little bit up and down because I'm just sometimes really just trying to force it to get it out just so that I can be consistent. And so then the quality of the episodes isn't necessarily as high as I'd want it to be, which is also part of why I just decided ultimately last week not to post something because um, I didn't want to post another uh, episode that I felt like wasn't really 
hitting the nail on the head wasn't really good quality content just for the sake of having something up. So, um, yeah, anyway, so I feel like the kids are likely also feeling it, um, and feeling that, that pandemic fatigue just the same. And so maybe it's coming out in some ways, like through anger and, uh, and um, the pushback that they that they give to us. And so I want to remind you too, again, if your kid is going through this or you've experienced this, um, you're the your kid's safe person. So they're going to show their all of their true colors to you. Um, and it's up to us to to accept them, right? To to be accepting and loving regardless. And it kind of broke me a little bit the other day. You know, I was putting Emily into bed and I said to her, because I had gotten a little bit short with her, um, and, um, and I was a little unhappy and I said to her, you know, I just want you to know that I love you no matter what, no matter what you're going through. I always love you. And she said to me, well, why don't you show it? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm working on it. I'm trying, you know, I'm doing the best that I can. And I promise I'm going to keep trying to be better, but we're not perfect as, as people either. And I just feel like, you know, I want her to at least know that, that yes, sometimes I'm going to screw up and sometimes things aren't going to go the way that I want them to, or, you know, I'm going to send you the message, a message that I actually don't think is true. Um, but I'm going to do my best to try not to do that going forward. And, um, yeah, so yeah, things are, are a little rough at the moment. I'm really tired. I think she's really tired. And Bobby again is like kind of up and down. Like he has days where it's like, Oh my goodness, this child is going to burn our house down or something like he is a wild one um and then suddenly she is again like having these same same things where she's almost like she's reverting back to being a three-year-old too I'm like oh my goodness this is a lot um so we're just trying to work through all that also uh I am starting a new job tomorrow it's casual part-time it's not replacing the archaeology work by any means um it's kind of just a little in addition to and so I'm not sure I know that I mentioned um a while ago when I was going back in the field that I wasn't sure how podcast scheduling was going to work out with that stuff um it's been so far okay because my hours have been so cut due to weather and stuff that I'm often home early and so I can just like record something in those moments um but I'm not sure now I'm going to be taking on a little bit more work and my schedule with, with the archaeology stuff will be pretty heavy because, I, as I understand it, we're going to be working these long days. Um, and, uh, yeah, so anyway, I'll keep you posted if I'm going to change the schedule to be more of like a, bi- a biweekly or something like that uh, to accommodate the fact that I'm going to be a little busy um, coming into the fall here. And, uh, yeah, so I'll just have to let you know. Anyway, that's all I've got for today. I hope maybe that was helpful. If you've got a kid, a kiddo who's struggling or you're struggling with them, I see you, I feel you, you, um, you deserve all of the rest and all of the luxurious baths you can take. Um, but you know, again, just to remind you, your your kid is not doing something to you they're going through something and so if we can show up for them and show them our unconditional love and acceptance not bending over backwards to make them happy necessarily but being accepting of what they have and what they're able to give in the moment um, I think it'll do wonders for our kids and build strong resilient emotionally intelligent kids okay 
Thank you so much for joining me. Um, as always, if you like the episode, please uh, rate and review. Um, share the Instagram, um, whatchamacallit, <laughs> the Instagram post that I will put up on my page. Um, you can contact me if you have any more suggestions, anything that you want to suggest with dealing with this stuff, I will take it. Um, or if you have any thoughts on this, anything like that, you can contact me. I'll put my contact information in the show notes. And otherwise, thank you again for joining me. And I will see you in the next one.